Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and as always, I am here with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Scott. How are you? Man, I am awesome. Great. And I don't mean that just to be that guy, you know, and you're like, oh, how are you doing today, ma'am? She's like, exuberant. I'm like, no, no, I am really good. Um, <laughs> I'm super fired up. Um, I know we probably say that at the opening of all the podcasts, but uh, I love this and I love the feedback we're getting and I love what we're going to talk about tonight and I'm just having a really good time with it. So, yeah, yeah. We've been asking for everyone to uh, send us questions for a while now. So we haven't uh, ignored you. If you did send a question a while back, we haven't forgotten. We've been compiling them and we thought we'd put them into an episode. And so I think that's what we're going to do tonight. Is that right? 100%. So we're going to be doing the Q&As. These have come in from all over the map. So we've had from podcast reviews, which is what we're asking you guys to do, um, as well as leave a five-star review, of course. Those are the only ones that we accept. Um, coming from our new Fast Art Guide <laughs> mini masterclass, shameless plug, um, and through Facebook, through email, um, through Facebook Messenger, um, so on some of our posts. So really just coming, coming across all forms of communication. So we've been putting them together. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to go over some of these. We're going to be talking about uh, digestive uh, changes that you can see. We're going to be going over sleep uh, and how to end your night correctly so you can make sure you're setting yourself up for a good night's sleep. Um, and then also some habits. So um, just to recap, last week, uh, Tommy, you loved last week's topic, the 2.4 million to 24. Loved it. I loved it. Um, that stuff just really kind of sinks in with me where we're so far away from where we should be uh, in some of our cultural habits that it's really no surprise why we don't have our health house in order at this point. Yeah, and talk about a, a way to put it in terms of house. When we last week, the the running theme, and I'll explain the two point four to twenty four in a second. The running theme, or actually, you know, I'll go back and listen to the episode, but I'll still ex explain it in just a second. The running theme last week was, all right, I'm going to do good. We're going to shelter at home. You know, I'm going to do this new home workout plan. I got my workout bands, and then like by day three, you're pouring the ice cream literally into the pasta. So that was the 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 thread last week along with avoiding those processed foods right so yeah. the 22.4 to 24 you know if we scrunch down human evolution remove your belief systems here like just say 2.4 it's for an analogy purposes 2.4 million years is now a 24-hour clock right mm -hmm. and we've been eating processed foods for four seconds so crazy it, yeah. And people are like, oh, the research random controlled double blinds. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'm going to choose to eat more natural whole foods with less ingredients. I'm going to stay away from the processed um, stuff that spikes my insulin. So that's all I have to say about that. But last week was a good episode. So I said, go back and listen to it. 
do it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yep, done. I can All right. I can yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's start off with, uh, the Q and a, um, this came from our contact us form. So info at the fasting for life.com info at the fasting for life.com. And, uh, miss Anna sent in a question, um, about sleep, right? So the struggle is unable to fall asleep without the sensation of feeling very full. So we did, she referenced our episode on sleep, which helped, but she still has the habit. And this is why we're going to talk about the question two in this, you know, three that we're going to go over tonight um, about habits. Um, But it's the years of habits of overeating right before going to bed, right? Mm -hmm. So giving into that habit and repeating that behavior over and over and over and that she's been her brain and she feels that she needs to be fully full or overly full to get to bed. Yeah, there's a there's a matter of, you know, stomach distension. There's a matter of just that that mental kind of um kind of fulfillment um um satisfaction, you know? Um that you're just kind of used to. I mean, I I know people will reference that sometimes especially like if you if you go through a, a tough financial time and you say, well, going to bed hungry, right? I mean, that, right. that has like, a, you know, a big kind of visual. Um, we all kind of, oh yeah, that, that doesn't sound like something I want to do. Um, but at the same time, that can be come a crutch over years and years where if you don't have that feeling, it, it can be weird. It can be unsettling. Kind of like if you all of a sudden you change the temperature in your bedroom by five or eight degrees, you're going to have a tough time going to to bed. It's just going to be a very different kind of sensation that you're used to. Yeah. And the, the, the habit, the habitual thing is key too, is, um, you know, I grew up watching my dad snack at night. So we'd have dinner and then he'd have a bowl of ice cream or a bag of popcorn or chips, or it was part of the routine. So there might be Mm -hmm. some of that in there too. And, um, obviously, you know, throw stones only if you, you know, you know, the whole glass house throw stones analogy, right? Yeah. So I struggle with these exact same issues. Um, and it was a realization for looking at my dad and his health and, and being like, well, yeah, that's where I got that habit from. So it could be stress, could be that, you know, go to bed hungry, could be all of those things combined, but the underlying habit is what we need to address. But there are some practical things that you can do to set yourself up for success to help break that habit. Um, and that's what yeah. we want to talk about. Yeah, we want to keep it, you know, actionable. We we want to address what could we do, how could we improve it. So, um, let's start with the eating window. The later you are eating, the more likely you are going to be kind of perpetuating that feeling of fullness going into the evening time, and you may be more dependent you know, on feeling that. And it's going to be, it's going to be tougher to, to pry away from that. If all of your meals are towards the end of the day, you know, or if, if you're calorie loading, you know, later in the day, which a lot of us do, um, one meal a day dinner is a very common plan. But at the same time, if this is the struggle point, then I think the timing is, is the very first thing that I would look at. Yeah. And, it, if you look at the timing, so if you have, there's studies out there that show, and this is going to, you know, we're not going to get into a lot of the, the, the study stuff tonight. Um, but if you eat the same exact meal 
at 8 a.m. versus 8 p.m., your insulin spike is higher at 8 p.m. It's the same right. food, <laughs> right? Yeah. So your body is automatically going to be setting yourself up for failure. And think about it like when you start doing these longer fasts. I know, Tommy, you and I have talked about this hundreds of times. Um, is the first wave of hunger you get the next day on like one of your you know first times you've fasted, it's not really hunger. Um, because you've eaten like probably 12 hours ago, eight hours ago. Like it's not really hunger. It's the, so the social cue, the time of day, the sun rising, the coffee brewing, the email dinging, the kids mm -hmm. whining, the, the dog barking to go out. It's all of that routine and those psychological, physiological, environmental cues that go boom. And then your brain goes, Oh, I smell food. Oh, I better get the stomach ready to start digesting. So if, mm -hmm. if you look at the timing of it and the cues, then yes, you, I don't care how strong of a person you are, you're going to give in to those hormonal impulses because that's what's controlling the hunger. It's hormones, right? Yeah. So the hormones are going to set you up for failure. So just by changing your window, and we'll explain what that means now, is, is going to kind of start pulling you away from that. Yeah, so um, you know, if you expand that window make it start. Um, so even if you're eating one meal a day and, uh, and I don't think you went into any detail about exactly how you're eating right now. So we'll have to make some assumptions or give some suggestions here. But even if you're eating one meal a day and it's dinner, if you started it a few hours earlier and then start with, you know, um, start front loading it with a little bit of, you know, healthy fats, a handful of nuts, um, some other things that are more satiating, making sure to load it, uh, with vegetables, um, and not just something more, you know, just kind of carbohydrate, um, fast digesting, um, sugary, later on in the day. sweet, yeah. those types of things. So yeah, the fat's key. I mean, guacamole, like high, high, healthy fat, lean protein, um, you want to remove the carbs as much as you can, um, cause that just spikes insulin more, but opening up that window, like you said, just to be really clear, cause some people don't, might not know that terminology, right? Yeah. Like, cause I think about it. I'm like, we talk about this stuff all day, right? Like right. we love right. it. We live it. We, we, yeah, <laughs> I know the first rule of fasting is not to talk about fasting. That's in the beginning, right? <laughs> when you start telling people, Sally and accounting or Bob and it, um, yeah. you don't, yeah, don't do that. But once you're teaching Sally and Bob, you can talk about it. Or yeah. if you have a podcast about it, yeah, yeah, you're going to sure. have to talk about it. Yeah. Start a blog, send out some emails. So um, the window, so when you're doing, so an assumption here is that you're eating a lot of your caloric intake right before you go to bed. So what we want you to do is we want you to back that up. So if you're eating between eight and 10, now we want you to eat between six and eight or That's start hard. with seven yeah. and nine, right? Mm -hmm. So hopefully that clears up the concern. And what that's going to do is when you, your circadian rhythm is going to take over. But what happens is when you have a full distended gut full of high insulin stimulating foods, right? Um, you're going to throw off that circadian rhythm. So then your natural um, healing and your natural digestion and your natural, um, you know, decrease in blood pressure and the blood volume changes and, and all of that stuff that takes place while you sleep um, the burning of the of the carbohydrates, the glucose in your bloodstream, all of that is going to stop. And what you're typically going to see is that you're going to wake up between that two to four range, right, which is liver typically in terms of an indicator. And that means um, short-term 
glycogen. So your liver is packed with, with the food, right? It's packed mm-hmm. with the sugar you just ate, and now it's just spilling into the bloodstream. And guess what that does to your body? It wakes you up. Yeah. Yeah, so then you're, you're going to kill your healthy sleep cycles. You're not going to feel as rested. You're going to be more stressed the next day, more likely to overeat and to comfort eat. And now you have yourself the start of, you know, a, a vicious cycle. Right. And I think that's what Ann was kind of alluding to, too, was that cycle, that re- the repeating habit. So we want you to change your, your mindset on this, too. And we're going to talk about this with the second uh, question um, is, you know, if you only eat in a short period of time or if you tend to just kind of skip breakfast and have a light lunch and then eat all your calories at night, we need you to start pulling some of that back right? That's, that's take home number one. Mm-hmm. And then two is make sure you're staying hydrated in the early, late afternoon and early evening hours. So you're not getting up to pee all night, but you definitely have um, a good amount of fluid in your system, which dehydration can cause you to have more cravings and can also cause you to want to eat more. Yeah. A couple of last thoughts on that uh, for yep. you, Anna, um, just in case if you're having something sweet late at night, um, I recommend taking that and putting that earlier in the day or cutting back on it as much as you can. Um, Cause just the more sugar later in the day is just going to make this problem worse. The same thing with caffeine. So take a look at your coffee intake. If you're having caffeine later on in the day, your, your need to have that distension in your stomach um, to feel comfortable going to bed, is going to be, you're going to be fighting even more of it. If you have caffeine in the blood and you're, you're less, um, you're less rested, less um, poised for a good night's sleep too. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to wrap it up. Um, And obviously, Anna, you've listened to the sleep episode, but so for everybody else out there, you know, cooler is better. Avoid the screens an hour before bed, no TV in the bedroom. Um, There's a lot of other things that you can do. Tommy just mentioned moving the caffeine away. So if you want to get some more information on that, go ahead and uh, go back in the previous episodes and look for the sleep episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to move on to, uh, number two here, which is another habit related, uh, comment. And this comes through the fast start guide mini masterclass. Uh, if you guys don't know what that is, it's our 20 minute deep dive videos. It's six video series. Um, it's completely free, but it goes hand in hand with the fast start guide. Um, because it really walks you through, um, using that guide, uh, successfully. We want you fasting as a pro like now, because the quicker you see the results, the quicker you're like, oh, wow, where has this been my whole life? So right. this question comes in through that mini masterclass, which is really cool that we're just getting touch points from everywhere. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. And uh, this is Sandy. So um, she, met, she said, great class, giving us good reminders on what to do. I have no problem making a plan, but I do have trouble sticking to it. I mm-hmm. think it's just a habit. Again, there's that word that I'm having trouble breaking. I have a good why, but I don't always think before I eat. Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, And now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fastingforlife to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, Uh, My little guy, my two-year-old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child, and we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just 
resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. I so, thought this was interesting because just to frame it like that and, you know, not to pick on you, Sandy, at all. Um, thanks for thanks for sending in the question. So I don't always think before I eat. So, you know, we talk a lot about when to not eat and meal timing and eating windows and things like that. So um, I'm, I'm guessing, Sandy, that you're you're talking about, you know, your actual meal planning for when you have your meal or when you do break your fast or, or are you still sticking to, um, you know, more of a calorie restricted kind of model? So what I'm thinking, yeah, what I'm thinking is Sandy's had unbelievable results too. She is crushing it. Like (laughs) just, just crushing it. Weight loss, you know, all the just amazing stuff, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Just, she's been seeing unbelievable changes. Um, just yeah overall just it's it's unreal so um one thing is we need to remember that we got to focus on the wins versus the losses so um even though you're not making the best decisions when you eat right that's different than not planning and just winging it but knowing that it's coming and knowing that you're gonna um just be like ah yeah i guess i'll just figure it out like that's different right where Mm -hmm. if you think about this and you're like okay if I'm going to, cause Sandy's done a lot of one meal a day, right? If I'm going to okay. do one meal a day, right. And she's done some longer fast too, but if I'm going to do one meal a day and I have one meal, right. I have one eating window, right. I have one stop at the grocery store. I have one choice, one opportunity, one opportunity here. Right. Um, 
if you choose and Sandy, hopefully this can help you frame it a little bit differently. So you do kind of have that click where you're like, Oh wait, hold on. Is if you have one meal and one opportunity and you choose to eat poorly, right. And you have the high carbohydrate foods and you have the Doritos and you have the big diet soda and not saying that you're eating this, Sandy, I'm just giving you typical, you know, right. Fast low food. In nutritional value. Yeah. Low nutritional value. You are giving your body nothing in terms of nutrition for that entire day. You've had one shot and now wow. all of the food you've chosen to eat is bad. <laughs> right. And yeah. so it's like framing it that where you're like, Oh wait, okay. So if I'm eating two meals today and you decide to, you know, have pizza and beer and wings at lunch, right? Which you can probably tell throughout the thread of this. Those are, I love IPAs. <laughs> I love a good pizza and I love really good, well done Buffalo wings. So um, speaking from experience, if you decide to have that at lunch, you're more likely to, to mess up dinner, right? If you're doing more of a two meal intermittent fast, definitely. but, but then you've already chosen that 50% of your nutrition that you're going to be putting in your body that day is junk. So now 50% of what you're giving yourself and all this effort and time and energy that you've put into it, you're like, oh man, well, I guess I'm only going to be 50% good today, you know? So just that yeah. little mindset shift I think can be helpful. Yeah. Look at it more of an opportunity to put something really good, really nutritious, really healing into your body rather than just an opportunity to, you know, fulfill that craving or, you know, um, well, that sweet tooth that you've been, you know, kind of pushing off during the previous fasting window. Yeah. That's a that's, great point. It's, I think that'll be helpful too. And, uh, um, you know, knowing Sandy and knowing the changes she's been through, she's just crushing it. So I, I just think this might be one of the last little pieces to really, um, you know, just keep, keep the momentum going. So, um, cool. definitely we hear a lot about habits, 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 patterns, habits, patterns, the power of habit. It's a yellow and red covered book. Uh, pretty eye-opening. Um, I've read it on and off probably a dozen times. Um, so I can never remember the author's name, but um, really good resource if you guys are looking for to, to under, you know, if you guys are the readers, researchers, go out and pick up that book. It's an easy read, but a lot of cool information. So um, the last one we're going to talk about in this episode is our, I believe this is one of the first questions we received. And this is uh, one of our five-star reviews on our podcast. So we ask that you go drop us a review, um, give us some feedback. We love the conversational type of kind of what this has become. And this is from Fast Ruthlessly. That is a mouthful. And this has uh, to do with um, what gastric trouble as, as I'm just going to come out and say it, like gastric dumping, right? So when your stomach yeah. is like, we've all had it, right? And it's like, oh, I got to get to, yeah. you start sweating and you're like, I got to get to a bathroom. Like, like not like in five minutes, like right now. Right. right. And mm -hmm. this can happen. Um, when you start removing the consistent food supply, if you have, um, an underlying gut imbalance in terms of bacteria, um, which is one thing we can talk about. But it also is the fact that your body is just like clearing out. It's giving it a break almost. So I've yeah. had this from a few people that I've been coaching. Um, and there's a few things, you know, in terms of a plan. Um, because if you're planning on fasting and then you stop fasting and you eat, right? 
which is the situation, then the bathroom needs to be like within the next 30 minutes, right? So if you're fasting throughout the day and let's say you break your fast at lunch and you're at work, well, that's a problem, right? So we want to, right? We want to be able to make sure that, uh, or if you're traveling, we want to make sure that you have the, the, the plan in place where you, where you know how to handle it. And there's a few things you can do to get there. Yeah. Um, and, um, God, tell me. well, what I was going to say is that, um, you know, so I can't remember the guy's name who, who, uh, fasted for what was it? 382 days. Right. And, um, and then I, I think it said that he yeah, had I can't think of his name either. I just kind of skipped over that. As you noticed, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. That guy. I, I think he, I think it said he had a bowel movement like once every 47 days or 52 days. I, I, I could be misquoting it, but something like that. So if you think about, you know, we, we go through day to day, if we're just uh, kind of normal eating, you know, two, three, four, five different times a day in Western culture, a lot of times, and then, you know, one or two bowel movements a day, I think is, is pretty average somewhere between there and then just complete fasting for a year goes to, to once every 50 days or, or something like that. So, so between that, there's a pretty wide range of, of, you know, regularity and predictability that can, can really kind of mess with your, your day-to-day life. So um, I, I think anything that we can, we can do to um, give a little bit um, some tweaks here and there yeah. uh, might be helpful. Yeah. So when we're looking at this type of issue, your body's trying to tell you something, right? So there's obviously an imbalance and it could start from the digestive enzymes in your saliva all the way down to when you go to the bathroom. So from start to finish, we've got some checkpoints here that we can talk about. Where I would start is I would start by looking at what you're eating, right? Mm -hmm. So if, um, if there are any gallbladder issues, um, you know, you might want to, you know, worry about avoiding the fattier foods, um, in terms of insulin and health and weight loss, you want to avoid the carbohydrates. So I would recommend starting with some fermented foods, um, before you actually plan your meal. Okay. So starting with the fermented foods, fermented foods have high levels of prebiotics. So this is the stuff that's going to help your balance out the levels in your digestive tract in your stomach, in your small intestine that are going to allow you to digest the food more normally. Okay. So prebiotics, you can do it in a supplement form. Um, I recommend always trying to get it from a natural source. Right. Um, and then, so you would eat, you know, fermented foods, sauerkraut, um, pickled, anything, those types of things. You know, I do not really care for that type of stuff. It's not my palate pickled beets. Um, mm-hmm. but the sauerkraut I can do, Um, but I prefer to just take it in a supplement. And then you can also couple that with, and I always say do one thing first and then try it for a couple days. Um, The second thing would be um, a simple uh, digestive enzyme. So something that you take uh, before you eat to prep your body to help digest the food, okay? So those are two simple things you can do on the front end um, to see if we can get some more traction and not have this big, rush to the bathroom. So look at the foods you're eating, um, possibly reduce the fats if there's any gallbladder history there. And then you want to look at adding a prebiotic and then possibly a digestive enzyme. There's uh, super digestive enzymes that you can get um, that can help uh, break down the food and balance those levels. Yeah. And 
I mean, I would, I would take a look at, again, what you're eating. What does your typical plate look like? Is it really heavy on something? Like for some people, it's cruciferous vegetables for, um, you know, it was roughage broccoli and Brussels sprouts and, and things like that. I think, um, for other people, you know, it might be, um, you know, like you mentioned, uh, oils, um, certain kinds of fats, you go to a certain type of restaurant and, you know, you might, you, you know, you might not have very long till you need to, to run to the restroom. So, um, just looking at what's, what's on your typical plate. Cause you may want to, you know, make a few tweaks, uh, like Scott yeah. said, um, and, and see how that goes for you. I think that's a really good point too, is maybe doing a food log, um, and just taking kind of thinking about, okay, what, what am I, what, what in my history has been a trigger for me? And if this has never happened until you started intermittent fasting, um, then yeah, I think, I think we can get a handle on this pretty quickly. If, if we look at what's going, what, what foods you're eating, the amount of foods you're eating. So maybe you're overstimulating, um, start with the prebiotic rich foods, you know, the fermented foods Add a little, you don't need a lot of those, right. Um, and then um, looking at a possible prebiotic and or um, uh, a digestive enzyme. Now, if you don't see any improvements with that, um, then there's also ways to do some basic gut flora testing. Uh, there's tons of labs out there. I have a whole list. So if that's something that you know, we need to go down, down that road, uh, just reach out to us um, and I'll get you the resources for that. No problem. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last thing that came to my mind was, if you're eating a very narrow range of foods, there is a possibility that you're focusing on something that just doesn't sit very well with you. So maybe that's not the case. Maybe you have a, a nice range of foods, but if not, if it's just a, a few things that you're taking in, um, you might be sensitive to those. So maybe, um, again, just just um, do the food log, see how that um, how things change. And uh, you might notice that there's something that you should just stay away from. That's awesome. Yep. 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 Um, yeah. Doing a little reflection tracking that can, that can usually answer some, some pretty, uh, it'll bring some stuff into, uh, into clarity in most cases. So, um, yeah. all right. So we just, man, that was, that was awesome. That was three contacts. So we have a bunch more. Um, we're going to be rolling out the Q and a episodes more frequently. Um, mm -hmm because we're getting a lot of feedback. So they started piling up and we're like, Oh yeah, we, we should probably start, start, yeah, start putting these out. So Absolutely. Um, the action step for today is take a look at your habits. So whatever it is that you are falling into in that cyclic routine of day after day after day after day, because you know, we're creatures of habit. Like, you know, I've done tons of nutrition workshops where I say, okay, who eats oatmeal for breakfast? raise their hand. Who eats eggs for breakfast? Raise their hand. Who eats waffles for breakfast? Raise their hand. Who eats fruit for breakfast? And then I'm like, okay, how many days a week do you eat that? Every day, five to seven days, right? Uh, three to five days or one to three days. Everyone's like, well, I eat it like every day. Like we like that habit. We're creatures of habit, right? right. So look at your habits and try to change the setting that that habit is taking place in, right? So change the timing, change the the, the routine, but try to snap yourself out of it and then be cognizant, be aware that, um, you know, this is going to happen if you don't do something different. So just simply changing the environment um, would be something for everyone to kind of look at. Examine your habits. If you're getting results, great. If you've got some sticking points, start with a little self-reflection on what is happening when that habit is taking place. That's a great action step. Um, I wanted to add one thing that just came to my mind. I can't remember 
which book it was that I, I read it in. Um, maybe it was a Brian Tracy book, either that or um, Psycho Cybernetics or one of the other ones that are, that are related. But when, when they were talking about habits and they wanted you to kind of get in exactly what you're talking about right here, they said, try this. Most people will put on their right shoe first. <laughs> yes. Just start putting your left shoe on first. Try it for a day, then try it for a week, and then just keep going with it. It starts your day saying, okay, wow, like habits are strong, and yeah. just a small tweak will throw you off. It takes you a minute to get used to that, and you'll realize, yeah, I'm being subjected to a lot of habits uh, that I've formed throughout the day it makes you very cognizant of it very quickly. Yep. You totally just reminded me that I always put my left shoe on first. So perfect. Um, I just don't know what it is, man. It's just, that's what it is. Um, all right. So, um, wrap it up. So fat mini fast star guide, uh, mini masterclass for the fast star guide. If you've already downloaded it, we're going to say this a few times, go back to our website and click the new button at the top of the page. Um, you're going to get access to the new, uh, mini masterclass, which is those video support, um, and then, um, just continue to send us questions, you know, so we're super excited. We love it. Uh, we're very thankful for each one of you that, that tunes in to listen to us and we're having a great time doing it. So yeah, as always, absolutely. Tommy, uh, thank you, sir. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Scott. All right. See ya. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com. And sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.